music uh hoping you all enjoyed it um welcome there for there? yeah we'll alan will hear it on the repeat or else if he's not logged in he can no welcome to around the world in six minutes um mike cut out there for a second um we will be talking about the slavic languages this week um the largest linguistic group actually in europe with around like was it 300 million speakers? Yeah, just so over 300 million? 250 to 300 million speakers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, we're going to be focusing, just go through the structure. I wanted to start off with uh, a couple of the words that people wanted um, us to look at, me to look at, um, just because I kind of dropped you, dropped the bomb on you 10 minutes ago that yeah. I was going to be do- doing this. But um, some of the words people want me to look at, um, then we're going to talk about like the Slavic culture slash ethnicity slash language group as a whole. Um, because really it's kind of special in this in the way that like you don't hear people refer to like the Germans with reference to the Swedes and Iceland- Icelandic people yeah. um, or to the Romance peoples yeah. they're, they're really it's it's, it's quite like a, the like language a and linked it's kind of turned like tied into one yeah it's got like a really like linked concept then we talk about Ethan will be talking about a lot about um, the Eastern language group um, which includes like Russian the Russian Belarusian Ukrainian yeah, and how similar um, they are, or and a couple of little smaller ones. But you're going to also yeah. maybe talk about a few of those like kind of micro languages micro that there is. Yes. Um, I'll be talking about a bit about Bulgarian, a bit about Serbo-Croatian or Serbian and Croatian, depending on where you fall. Um, and then obviously uh, Polish. Um, couldn't talk about Slavic without mentioning the best Slavic language. Um, anyways, so the words you guys wanted us to look at. Um, where do I have it here? Here we go. Yeah, so uh, Edward wanted me to look at uh, scoyomorphism. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Uh, neither did I know he's what it meant. To listen to it either. Yeah, he'll listen to it. He's listened to it. He's not signed in, man. That's all. He's not oh, signed yeah. in. Um, he, uh, I didn't even know what it meant before. Although I think I kind of knew, had heard it before. I'd heard of it, just not, not the name. Yeah, so it's pretty, it's pretty difficult concept to even explain. It's like um, a thing that, it's like a derivative thing that retains like, design qualities of the original thing mainly with reference to like software like imagery and um, i'm just gonna turn off this guy who's in his bloody washing machine uh, playing the video in the background on instagram but um around the world but um basically like a bin like on a computer retaining like the symbol of a bin or like a 
as you said, like a looking well, glass, yeah, like, like a magnifying glass. Magnifying glass is always going to mean search, search, search bar yeah. on a computer. So it retains these kind of original design qualities. Um, so this is a pretty actually handy one. It comes straight from ancient Greek. Um, first being used in like the eighteen, like mid eighteen hundreds. Um, but then it only retained that like English, only only was really turned into like an English word, um, in the late eighteen hundreds. Um, it just made scoyo. It split into scoyo and morph and ism. Um, so you start off with scoyos, which just means the Greek to implement, ancient Greek to implement. Then, um, morph just means shape, and ismos is just like a a, a suffix that makes anything like an ism in English. Hard to hard to describe. Um then we got uh, sycamore coming from Aden. Um which I thought was a pretty that was not much nicer word than um than bloody scoyomorphism. But uh, also much more complicated than where it comes from. Um it comes from old French, sycamore, but spelled differently. Then you have comes straight from Latin or not straight from Latin. But um then before that it uh, comes from Latin, sycamorus, and then ancient Greek, all the way all the way back to ancient Greek with sycamorus. Um, although funnily enough, you think that like the like you know those Latin terms that apply to like really like like those like botany and like yeah, uh, species yeah. species and stuff. Um, it actually doesn't. That isn't the word they use for like the sycamore trees outside. It only applies to like African sycamore trees, not native North American or European sycamore trees. Um, it goes all the way back to uh. In, in ancient Greek, uh, it means like fig mulberry, which is another word for those African sycamore trees. Um, I know you're not interested. You're like, well, yeah. I, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, you're teaching. Yeah, me now, I know, right? Like, I um, heard about this. And so. I was also like, maybe it's related to the word sycophant, right? Sycophant. So. Yeah. So, um, so. turns like, turns out like a, f so, sicko keeping the word fig, right? Um, and then fant being like to show, I think. Apparently that was like a rude gesture in like ancient Greek politics. Like it was a real like vulgar gesture. So um, I don't even know how that ended up being like kind of like sycophantic liquors, but I suppose that is also a rude gesture again. Um, and then that was first used in like the 1600s in English, late, late or like mid 1500s to late 1600s in like some poetry. Um, maybe it was kind of like cool to use French in poetry. Anyways, um, I'll do like one or two more. Um, so then we had Aiden wanted to talk or wanted to learn about um, no nocebo and placebo, um, which are just straight again taken from Latin in the nineteen fifties for I will harm and I will please. Um, you can guess which one is which. Uh, nocebo is I will harm and placebo is I will please. Um, we actually don't know where one of them is from. Uh, placebo, no idea. Um, it comes from Proto-Indo-European something, um, although they're not sure which. Um, it it comes from either a word called plet or plek. Uh, these kind of theoretical words that might mean flat or might mean like pleasing, um, and then nocebo we actually can it, it comes from like nokeo and um this like proto-italic then it goes to nokii and proto-indo-european and there's like a Sanskrit word which is directly linked to it, um so we definitely know where that one comes from, um and obviously there's so many words that come from placebo um even if we don't know where it comes from we do know where it went, um you get words like um player in French I think plazier which is like a French, just again, taken from French, but into German and then like plagiar in, um, in Irish as well as another word. Then finally, um, I think I'll do idiosyncrasy, um, which is just a word again, taken completely from Greek in the 1600s. Um, although it was only later used for English in English speech, um, not really speech, but writing, um, it's split into, it's kind of like got three distinct parts, idiosyn and crassus. 
um, sin just meaning like t together as it is like synthesis and stuff like that. Then you finally, then you got idios, which means one's own, and then crassus meaning temperament, so it just means one's own temperament, which is kind of like funny, like kind of cool way of saying like you know eccentric and stuff. Um, anyways, onto the stuff we already came here to talk about. Um, eight minutes gone. Let's go. I think just wasting the time as much as possible. Yeah. <sighs> These people are just giving me content to waste my time away. Um, what was it? Okay, so Slavic. Um, the Slavs. They came, it's kind of hard to measure where they came from because there's many links also to like, because like, I think there's a, some people believe there's a difference between where the, just kind of like same with like the Finnic language, there's a difference between where the, the people and the language came from. Yeah. There's a lot of Slav, but like there's a lot of like, ethnically, a lot of like, there's a lot of things to do with Slavs coming from kind of the, the steppe in Asia. Mm -hmm. Same with like how Finnish. Almost every, well, realistically, everyone came from the steppe in Asia, I feel like at some point. Before the before the Africa, obviously, before but like yeah, yeah, no, like, yeah. So it's 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 an interesting language group as well because it is one of the newest language groups. The fact mm -hmm. that it really only you like Slavic was one you had once old like old Slavonic language which existed up until only about a thousand like up until a thousand years ago, and that's when it started to diverge, which is a lot new like a lot more recently when you come if you compare that to say the Germanic languages was about three thousand years ago yeah. when they started to diverge, which is why there's so much different like kind of differences between. Different, um, like different like, that's why like when somebody speaks German and somebody speaks English, you don't hear the same stuff. Like on like they're not they don't sound the same. Mm. But in terms of Slavic languages, they are very, very similar. Even even all like even Eastern, Western, Southern Slavic languages, very similar. Like, for example, like, also, speaking, yeah, yeah. like for even like the words I am, Yasem or Yah yeah, yeah. like it's, it's similar in most Slavic languages. I think it's the same in almost all Slavic languages. Which is quite interesting. But then there are also aspects of them which are quite different. Yeah, I thought like I might say what languages aren't Slavic because in Eastern Europe they're almost it's almost completely dominated by Slavic, Slavic languages. So not the Baltic languages, um, so not Lithuanian, not uh, Latvian, not Estonian, um, not that they're the same as each other, uh, not Hungarian, not Romanian, not Albanian, and not Moldovan, um, which is again Basically related to Romanian. Romanian yeah. um, so this as you're saying, or Greek as well, Can or Greek. Greek, Greek, Greek. Um, I feel like people probably. Maybe well, you never know. You never know. Not people, people kind of forget Greece um, on its own. Mate. There is a lot of languages that aren't Slavic, but yeah. we haven't mentioned um, the ones that are Slavic um, in the Eastern group. Um, it's very like geographically based. Yeah. Unlike something like Celtic, which is insert. Yeah, sense. kind of applies only to like back in the day. Yeah. Anyways, so you have the Eastern languages, which you've looked at a lot: Russian, Ukrainian, and Belarusian. Uh, the Western languages: Czech, Slovak, Polish, and Sorbian. Um, which is one of those funny little Shubian, I believe. micro languages. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or, or, this is a non-exhaustive non list. Yeah. Um, then you have um, the southern southern group, which has a lot of languages that are debatably similar to some extent, if not the same. Um, you got Serbian slash Croatian. Um, you got Bulgarian, Macedonian, Bosnian, Montenegrin, and Slovene. Then you have um, yeah, like the differences between. The Slavs themselves and the Slavic language group is something I want to talk about. Um, so, like, the Slavic people are, like, ethno-linguistic group with, like, some shared religious characteristics, some um, geographic and, like, yeah. yeah. Um, so, a really diverse group, honestly. Yeah. Um, but there are, like, tendencies that they have um, when it comes to the things I mentioned. So, they started off... You, you, Again, I, was, I meant to say earlier, it was like, it's hard to tell where they began because we can only tell with like their proximity to the Romans. Yeah. 
um, because those are the only people who wrote things down at the but time. But it's also interesting, yeah, exactly. Because look at it, Romanians don't look anything like um, neighbor, like neighboring Serbians. Mm-hmm. Like, and like I think there's, for example, like you you could look at it and say that Roma- like Romanians, like Romanian complexion is very different to say uh, Slavic complexion. Same with Hungarians; they're all in the same region, and it's all just a different mix. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's that's why I, 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 you kind of question because like Romanians would look more like Italians. Yeah. yeah. While uh, Slavs would be, and then you're Hungarians as well. Yeah. So it's it's, it's it, like it's an interesting mix. Yeah, nobody actually really... knows where it comes. Like nobody mm-hmm. actually knows the, the proper origin, of, like origin of Slavs. It's yeah. like a mix of Western Europeans and people from the steppe. I'd say. Yeah. Like what there seems to have been like over the course of like Roman history is that like waves of immigration um, towards uh, Ireland, basically. Well, like Ireland in the long term, but ma- mainly like. Um, just what direction is that westerly immigration from like wrote the russian steppe towards continental europe um first you had the celts which came from uh that direction then you had the germans which basically screwed the roman empire and then just after the roman empire the arrival of the slavs um and it seemed like each one at least in roman writing would get like bigger and hairier and scarier yeah um and so the first encounter with like these slavic people were like uh, tribes east of the Germans um, funny enough because the Germans would include the Franks and stuff like that mm. um, called the Veneti were the first ones um, unrelated to the Celtic Veneti tribe that like I think Venice got named after but then um, they started to form states in around like the just before like the, the first millennia um, you got like Moravia Bulgaria um, Nitra which is where Croatia is now Nitra yeah. Um and you also had like a, a lot, like just as they were setting up their first states, you had the arrival of a bunch of new guys, uh, the the, the Austrian Germans, and the Magyars, and as well as the existence of the the Romanians who were already there, and that kind of cut off the South Slavs from the the, north, the, the northern or like the northern like east and west, west Slavs yeah. uh, that we mentioned as well, um, and then through like the Middle Ages, you had these kind of like a kind of golden age of uh, Slavic culture. You had Poland and Lithuania. Uh, all these different nations that were Slavic in their identity and language. And Dal- like Dalmatia was a big one, yeah. which is more like Croatian. Yeah, exactly, day, yeah. And um, Hrvatska, I think it's like. Hrvatska, yeah. yeah. Um, Bohemia, you had Serbia, you had Kievan Rus, which was like the pre Russian Russia. Thing, yeah. Then you had like, I had Ravrat near like Bulgaria too, but the second wow. Bulgarian Empire, um, as, as it's called. And then, then you reached like a kind of like all time low um, in like the just early modern era for. Slavs. Uh, Slavs where kind of just conquered by everybody yeah Poland gets partitioned and then partitioned again we thought we had it bad here yeah. um, then until there was no Poland left um, there was only four Slavic states uh, Russia Bulgaria Serbia Montenegro mm. it's also an interesting one like to see how Polish survived so strongly mm-hmm. being like, split between yeah, being split between, like different like three different countries I think it was. like the Austrians Pol- the Austrians the Germans and the Russians the Russians, the yeah. Russians. And then, like, constantly being destroyed by everybody, you mm-hmm. like, which is interesting because it maintained like it maintained its strength in the region yeah. throughout, and now it's one of the biggest languages in the mm-hmm. world. And then, like, I'd say, I, I don't think it really got that much better after, um, like, World War One, because even then you had countries like, like I, I don't know if you could like, although the Soviet Union and you and Soviet Union, I say, was like good for Russian, but not really good for like the other Slavic languages. Oh, um, it killed out a lot of Slavic. Yeah, that, that's why like it, like Belarusian was never fully spoken everywhere in Belarus, but it killed like the Soviet Union mm-hmm. killed off any chance of Belarus. Like 
Belarusian kind of surviving as a yeah. language. Like it's still spoken by a few million people, but that's as a second language. It's something mm-hmm. like seventy five or so percent of Belarus speaks Russian at home. Yeah. While only about ten or eleven percent speak it. Uh, uh, like speak Belarusian at home. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting because yeah. like um also known as white Russian, white Russian, white yeah. Russian. And also, I think there was something. There was something again. I was reading about like had the first Croatians were termed like white Croatians as well. White Croatians, yeah. Um, which is interesting terminology. But um, and and also it was again it was like a Ukraine was called like Little Russia. Yeah. Um, little, little, well, yeah, Ukraine's like kind of mixed because like Ukraine was known as like Little Russia. Ruthenia and Galicia. You also have Galicia. Yeah. But that was kind of like more of an Austrian term, like yeah, more yeah. Of an Austrian terminology. Um. So, that's pretty much, like, like even in other parts of, or, uh, this is back to the Soviet Union, it was, like, um, almost reaching, like, the modern era for Slavic culture and languages. Um, like, the first 10 years of the Soviet Union, it seemed to have been, have, like, quite, like, an, like, like autonomous, like, they didn't have enough central control to really, yeah. like, they it's were, like, like okay. Like, yeah, it's like, when Stalin were... came in, then it started to, kind of, like, he cemented his control by killing everybody. Yeah. But, like, for the first 10 years, you had so many different ASSO, like, autonomous Soviets. Yeah, yeah, who kind of did their own thing. Yeah. Um, so whether it, that was bad or good, it was just, like... It, yeah, because I think the whole idea of, kind of, like, letting each group, kind of, be socialist under one communist nation kind of gave them an excuse to have autonomous republics yeah, yeah. for a while. Um, and then that eventually became just, like, like, a not really... Yeah, it was only like a in a, a matter of name. It was because even like you had like each sort like Soviet Union had like you had this what ten or so republics. But each republic still had Russian as its main language. Mm-hmm. So like Slavic kind of seeped in there anyway. Yeah, um, so, and then you reach like again like uh, maybe this is a golden age for um our, our resident Slav in chat can can inform us if this is a golden age for the Slavic language sla- languages slash culture because uh. Now they're they're all independent, basically, right? Um, yeah, like each it's, it's spread everywhere. Each now. dialect, at least, if not, like each dialect yeah. has its own nation, you know. Um, yeah. So except Kashubian Sorbian, not yeah, not yet. Oh, one, one day, day, one day, the, the no, Sorbian nation will Sorbian rise up people, people in like Chemnitz in Germany or something yeah. like that. Um, okay, why not? And so then, um, obviously, that's really linked to like the linguistic linguistic history of Slavic languages. Um, it unlike Finnic languages, but just like Romance and German languages, it comes from um, Proto Indo European. Um, they're closely related to uh, the Baltic languages, um, but they did diverge um, just over yeah, Proto Balto Slavic. Yeah, so that was maybe like 2000 BC, um, whereas the Slavic languages themselves didn't diverge into until 1080. So it yeah. took 3000 years before um, Slavic. Split from Baltic, and even when it split, and though, then you split had, itself. Yeah, yeah, and even like when it did split, like into the several languages, like a thousand years ago, there's there still was a heavy standardization. That's why you have Old Church Slavonic as a separate mm-hmm. language, which is like a standardized Slavic language used to spread know, Christianity. To spread Christianity. Like was that orthodoxy? Spread, was it orthodoxy or was orthodox? Okay. Well, I think I think actually interesting one. I, I, I have to think about it. Because, like, could like, there be like a Croatian Slavonic that was like? used to spread Catholicism or something like that. It might have been, actually, because, like, also, I'm not sure, like, how strong Orthodox... I don't know the religious history, so I'm not sure how strong Orthodoxy was yet, because mm-hmm. a thousand, like, what, like, at 1000 AD, you still had the, Byzantines, and yeah, that was yeah, kind yeah, of the yeah. home of Orthodoxy. So I'm not sure if it was for Orthodoxy, but it was definitely for Christianity. Mm-hmm. That's where also where you get Cyrillic script and the name for Cyrillic, because it was this guy, guy, Cyril. guy, Cyril, and another guy, and they basically created, like, a standardized script that all... Um, Eastern European like 
Christian like churches would use, mm-hmm. and that's that's where you get Cyrillic from now. Although there is like a huge, although arguably like there's like not, there's a like like okay, let's compare with like Romance languages. There's a huge difference between the Romance languages, but they all mostly share a very similar alphabet. Yeah, it's the opposite when it comes to Slavic languages. Yeah. they're they're quite similar. Some, yeah, but they their their alphabets are really different. Really, yeah, because like some use like Russian, Ukrainian, Belarusian, and Serb. Or yeah, Serbian, Serbian, Serbian does you, Ser- Serbian does the main, exactly. Croatians that's the main don't, yeah, because like Serbo-Croatian, Serbians use Cyrillic, but Croatia doesn't use Cyrillic. Yeah, so. even though they're the same language. Yeah, basically. Well, well, yeah, we're not going to start any ethnic tensions um, here yet. Although so. we'll we'll get onto that in a bit. Um, but I did get some anecdotal evidence from our boys in the YouTube comment section saying that saying Serbian and Croatian are different is like saying Venezuelan Spanish and Mexican Spanish are different languages. Mm. Um, like they're different, but they're not different languages. Yeah, it's just um, more the ethnic. I don't, I'm not sure if Venezuela and Colombia hate each other as much as, or kind of has had Serbia that, and Croatia. Or like you have that. I'd say they hate each other, but that ethnic tension, yeah, that yeah. kind of historical tension. Um, especially so recent as well. Yeah. Um. So then, after you get as Ethan was saying, Proto Balto Slavic, you get Proto Slavic, um, which is a, a a language we actually know very little about because, uh, it's not written down. So the first Slavic languages aren't written down until. Uh, that old church Slavonic you mentioned by priests in Macedonia in about like 900 AD. Um, and so because it's not like, because um, like the language has been kept like as one single like language with with different dialects for so for up until only, only a thousand years ago, roughly. Um, that's why it's so similar. Right. Um, even nowadays, especially in in between those uh like Eastern Slavic Slavic speakers can understand each other. Yeah. Um with it's it's almost similar so, to like the Nordic what yeah, we were talking well, about previously. Yeah. Like there's like a forty percent mutual intelligent like apparently there is like statistically they said there's about forty percent mutual intelligibility mm-hmm. between Polish and like Polish Czech compared with Russian. But I guess that would depend on like how much like obviously dialects, accents, yeah, yeah. and Cyrillic. I, I feel like when you hear it, you can understand. It's it's one of those ones where like maybe the written language isn't actually easier to understand yeah. than the spoken language because the difference in alphabets. Like yeah. I feel like, like say we were we were told as like English speakers to understand French and German, yeah. we'd much prefer to look at the written language than the spoken spoken language. Yeah. Because like um, when you look at the French, same alphabet, you can, you can t- not only that though, yeah, the same alphabet and the words are very simple. Yeah, very simple. But very you would, yeah, I feel, like you, I feel like you wouldn't know that. Yeah. If you were a Polish looking at Cyrillic. Oh yeah. Um, in in like the Russian, like because it's very different. Mm-hmm. It's very different. So they both, they all come, they're all related to Greek. I think I think we yeah, were, we were doing this, like there was like a, there's like a Venn diagram where that's like, um, Latin, Greek, and uh, Cyrillic alphabets, and there's some letters used by all three. Um, and then some letters used I by think, yeah I think Greek and Cyrillic are, are a lot similar mm-hmm. um, probably like a religious related um, yeah I feel like, like in, in terms of like priests. romance and like western languages we'd only use Greek symbols for maths math, math, yeah maths <laughs> like only lambda and like uh, the boring stuff yeah but yeah no Cyrillic is a hard and then like the fact that like there's two different types of Cyrillic because you get like kind of imprinted modern Cyrillic mm-hmm. and then you get written like cursive Cyrillic which is a set like the letters are di- like for a lot like for some le- basically like, for some letters in Cyrillic they're the same when you when you write them mm-hmm. but for others they're completely different As like, in, so wait, which one would I be looking at if I went on to like a Russian Wikipedia article oh the, the imprinted okay. but like it's like the cursive one. I'm sure, like the letter T is written as an M 
I'm pretty sure when you look cursive, it's like, like reading Russian. Cursive, it's two, two different alphabets. It's two different much. alphabets. You have mm -hmm. to learn two different alphabets. It is the most confusing thing in history, and mm -hmm. it's like I don't get how like people people like people can learn that. But I feel like cursive probably in Russian is kind of dying down. Mm -hmm. I'm not is, sure. Probably don't in English as well. I, like, I never use cursive. I never use cursive, although. Like, of course, it's easier to write cursive. I feel like, because, like, writing Cyrillic block letters could be quite confusing. Yeah. But, yeah. That's a pretty good segue into you talking about Russian and uh, Ukrainian and such. Yeah, because, like, yeah, actually, that's an interesting thing. Because I feel like for most people, if, you, if you've heard of Ukraine, you, everyone kind of just packs it in with Russia. Mm -hmm. everyone, like, you'll just think of it as the same thing. Um, yeah. But they're very different. I feel like it could be the same as, like, a lot of people will kind of, like, if people that wouldn't know languages would think Portuguese and Spanish would be very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a very like Ukrainian is very heavily influenced by Russian, considering it's been it was under Russian in like it was under Russian rule for centuries. Yeah. But um, Ukrainian is in fact a separate language, and it's only usually between fifty and sixty percent, or and up to about eighty percent mutual in, uh, intelligibility. Yeah. That's how you say the word. Um, it's it's non-intelligible word. That's for sure. It's like. Yeah, pretty tough word. It's um, oh, I hate that word. But like it's um, so like Ukrainian is it's it, like is a separate language, and if you don't include kind of the Russian majority regions of Ukraine like Donbas Cr and, Crimea. and Crimea, it's about sixty percent of Ukrainians do speak Russian, mm -hmm. um, but they will mostly use Ukrainian at home. But there is this like uh, weird, about twenty percent of the population speaks this weird dialect or mix called mm -hmm. Shorzhuk which is a mix of Ukrainian and Russian, but it's become so heavily mixed that you, like a lot of them, if you were to ask them if what, what word or la what language certain words come from, they wouldn't really know. It's mm. so blended in. Is that like a recent development? Yeah, it's very, like uh, well, like from where I say, I say it's, yeah, it's definitely kind of like amongst like a young, like younger generations. So it's probably during the Soviet era as well. Yeah, I'd yeah. say the heavy Russian influence there. And like how, when do you say like, like, would you would you classify Ukrainian as its own distinct language? Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, like it, it it's it's like the same with like you can't class Dutch and German as the same language. Yeah. They are very different, yeah. and there's different heavy like very different pronunciations. And there are there is a section of Ukrainian that just is not the same as Russian mm -hmm. because like would that the, be like the farthest bit away like geographically? Yeah, like? and that's because like Ukrainian language came from because like Ukrainian is known as Ruthenia, mm -hmm. and they, you had the old Russian language, which is actually a separate language on its own and still spoken by up to half a million people spread throughout Europe. And that's kind of the old, that's kind of where the language is developed from. So if I were to like draw like a little graph here, Ukrainian comes from Ruthenian and Russian... R Russian, like, or U-S-Y-N is how it's spelled. As well as Ruthenian? No, like that is the same that thing. That is the like, same yeah, thing, okay. Like, Ruthenia is like an anglicized spelling of, of Russian. Of, of Russian. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's where Russian comes from as well. Yeah. So they're um, both they both have the same kind of like mother language. They're probably like yeah, sister languages. But they just like borrow different parts because you also you have different Rus like Rusine or I'm gonna call it Ruthenian because it's just e easier to say dialects because you have like Carpathian Ruthenian which is closer to like kind of e Western Western Ukraine, Romania, Slovakia. But then you also get different dialects kind of closer towards Czech mm -hmm. Republic. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where Ukrainian developed from. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like you, then you then then you also have better Russian as well, which yeah. is also developed from uh, Ruthenian as well, but kind of took its own path, but still used the same Cyrillic alphabet. But it was like, it was kind of more of like a language of the peasants because it was a lot of it was yeah, yeah. under the Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth. Exactly, so Polish yeah. was the language of, of the nobles, of the nobles. and then it was replaced by the by, by Russian later on. Yeah, but it was still like up until like even like late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, it was spoken by five or six million people mm -hmm. fluently. 
as their first language in Belarus. But then under the Soviet era, it was heavily just kind of killed off and just yeah. forced in Russian because they are very similar languages. So it wasn't that hard to adopt it either. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's like, I wonder if there's like a relationship between like how similar two languages are and like the ease with which one destroys another. Yeah. Because like, let's say Irish and English. English very, not very easily, good. but like it, it, it did it obliterate Irish. I think despite over, the fact over they were a so longer time, you know? probably. Yeah. I feel like Belarusian was killed off within the span of like 40 years, 50 years, mm-hmm. or kind of like subjugated to the point where it, it became the minority language. Mm-hmm. I feel like Irish, because Irish definitely existed as like amongst a lot of people for hundreds of years anyway, and it kind of properly died out 1800s. Yeah, but I wonder if like, say, like, like a, lot of Irish, a lot of Irish people in like, let's say the 1700s, 1800s, like adopted English for like, mm-hmm. just like personal gain, mm-hmm. which like, you know like whatever whatever the morality of that who knows but um so like they and and realistically they couldn't have like uh, kept up irish because it was so different yeah um whereas that might have been easier if you're like belarusian and russian yeah because of like they are like i think it was like 60 or so six between 60 and 80 again percent mutual intelligibility between um russian and belarusian but I think they have certain letters in their Cyrillic alphabet which don't exist in the Russian one. I think it was one or two, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah. The alphabets Maybe. are definitely like a really strikingly different part. Yeah. Because, I mean, in comparison to the languages I feel like we've looked at so far. Yeah, because like, they've all used the Latin alphabet, every yeah. language we looked at so far. Um, so, and that's kind of... And then, so, that, like, the, the, like, those are the Eastern ones. And they all... Ooh, what was that? Nothing important. Nothing the important. show must go on. The show must go on. Um, <laughs> you're gonna say about Easter, as, or is it Eastern? Yeah, as far as I can tell, they are the Eastern ones. Because then you also had because was there any micro languages in there that turn in like? I think Pomeranian, but Pomeranian might also be. That's, okay, Western. I think that's Western. Pomer- okay. Yeah, because I feel like those are the big like um there was definitely there was a mix of there, there, there was a list of them of small Baltic ones. Yeah, yeah. But they were only ever spoken by a small amounts of people and kind mm-hmm. of died off. So they're like the big ones that have that have been spoken in the last yeah, few. Yeah centuries um then we look at the other two groups let's say it's taking polish um polish in chat um yes so actually i want to start with czech just because um i have one sentence written down there and that's ahoy yasem on and i just love the fact that in czech hi is ahoy like i feel like i I need to move there and like act like a pirate or something like that just by what he's saying ahoy all the time um then you, that was all the research I did on Czech. Um, Ooh, I think nothing language. more needs to be said. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually did quite a bit more on Polish. Um, it was Jezek Polski is how Polish people refer to Polish language. Um, Jezek Polski, forty-five to fifty minute speaker, second largest after Russian. Um, maybe because of like, like geographically how far it is from Russia, it was able to like maintain its Se- separate, separate like identity. separate identity exactly. Yeah. Um. It was only written down, it was one of like the later ones to be written down in like 11, 1200s. Um, and also interesting, like doesn't use the Cyrillic alphabet as well. Exactly, it's a Latin alphabet. And also it's a Catholic country, so there's a relationship between yeah. like the religion and the alphabet that they use. Especially because you're saying Cyril was a priest. Mm-hmm. I, still feel like the, I still feel like the Polish language uses the Latin alphabet in a very different way. Oh yeah, I'm going to get onto I that. Feel like, yeah, yeah. I feel like half the time just looking yeah. at the alphabet and like crying. Um, anyways, it only became a... Um, Thirty, um, a, 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 like an official language of Poland in like a couple of hundred years after Poland, Poland like really existed. Before that, it was Latin. We saw that with Hungarian as well, yeah. which I thought was called, thought was a strange one. I think it was because like the nobles spoke Latin, yeah, and um, and then everyone else spoke like the actual vernacular. 
Um, actually, some interesting influence from German. They use this. Um, I was from that Land Focus video I was watching on Polish. It was like they use like certain parts of Poland used like this Magdeburg system of laws, mm. and so you know like rats is like kind of or like it's like Rathaus and yeah. uh, Burgermeister and stuff. Those like German words. So you get Ratuj is town council in Polish, mm. and then I'm gonna s- struggle with this one. It's like it's like Burmistrz or something like that. It's like mayor in in Polish as well, and that's just taken straight from German. Yeah. Um, relatively recently compared to like a bunch of old German words that come, that are in Polish. Um, then as you as you were saying as well, it was like it was like the lingua franca in Poland Lithuania, crushing the likes of like let's say Be- Belarusian so, yeah. and Ukrainian. I feel like also it's, like it's kind of it's quite interesting the fact that like when you look at like of course Polish dialects would different differ across modern day Poland, but even like when you look at modern day Poland, a lot of modern day Poland isn't where the Poles used to live. Exactly, it's yeah. The fact that, like, most of the Poles used to live, or, like, a lot, most of the Poles, but a lot of Poles people used to live in what is now Belarus. Yeah. And up into Lithuania. Because a lot of what would now be Western Poland was predominantly, or at least had a heavy German-speaking... Exactly, yeah. Like, until, like, these, like, population exchanges and stuff. After you know? World War II. Yeah. So, up until then, you had, uh, like, millions and millions of German yeah. speakers there. So, it's like, i say that's why, like, you had a heavy, as you were saying, like, the, like the Rathaus and Burgermeister the influence on the words. But you might see that closer towards Eastern Poland. We have some so- solid English, impressingly, as opposed to impressively, from our Poland show. Um, sorry. Um, I feel like I can't slag you for that because I'm butchering your language one word at a time. Um, so, actually, because of those population exchanges that you said, um, it's actually one of the most, like, almost everyone in Poland speaks um, Polish, like oh, as a native language, especially yeah, because like of like their percent. yeah, because they're like quite like restrictive immigration policies as well. Yeah, um, it's like what? Like I think there's like a hundred and something thousand German speakers, and then like a hundred thousand Kashubian speakers. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. Yeah, and then so there's four four dialects. We got a greater is it greater or higher Polish. Anyways, our, my 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 citation for this um, bit, Olivia speaks a. Uh, lesser polish so i think we can kind of take everything i, I say now with a grain of salt um then we have mazovian from like kind of what would that be uh, eastern poland and then right from the uh, czech border you have uh, silesian as well um so let's look at the oh jesus so using a separate language because i heard like no it's a dialect yeah. although i'm pretty sure people, yeah people yeah, people yeah. disagree and stuff um it is a lot of people it was like a it's definitely comes from polish um, so it's like German as well, which is yeah. separate. Um, you got like a confluence of like three languages there yeah. as well. Um, so there's 32 letters in the bloody Polish accent, uh, alphabet, including three Zs, um, or like forms of Z. Then you have these other things called um, digraphs, right? I think it's digraphs, which are basically just like pairs of letters hmm. that have like new sounds. Um, so you have seven of those. Including the likes of like CZ, SZ, and DZ, and six of these include a Z or a form of Z, mm-hmm. um, which makes Z like, or Z or like Z would like a dot over the Most head. Most Polish words will see have a Z. In them. You that's see the Z. way I, that's the way I, like, I've, I've noticed. It. Um, I'm not gonna knock over that. Yeah, you can just place it on the ground if you. I don't mind. Um, in Polish, because obviously you can see like there's a lot of Zs. Um, you get these like consonant clusters, which can be really difficult for, um like romance or germanic speakers because they're so used to like there, ha- there can't be too many consonants in a row yeah somewhere yeah yeah so um but is that is that in the sense that you can have like five consonants in a row in polish and it's like that's unheard of pretty much in because like yeah because like it's interesting 
I'm not sure if we're talking about it last week, but at least I know, like, for example, some Arabic, yeah, I think it's Arabic, doesn't have vowels, yeah, vowel letters, vowels. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you just stick in the consonants, and then you kind of, like, you have the assumption that there is a vowel. Is that how it is, or it's just kind of this... No, 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 there is, there is vowels. Or is it, or is it when there's just this, oh, I'm not going to notice vowels in vowels, yeah, but yeah. it's in, like, you know, like the, the consonant clusters. Is that just, like, a mush of just you? Yeah, there, there is, like, um, there is, a, there would be implied vowels, and I feel like there is implied vowels in a lot of, lot of languages as well. Um, no, Olivia, it's not simple. It's horrific. Um, fix your language. Um, <laughs> so I have a word here, the word for ruthless, right? I have it phonetically written as well, so I don't butcher it too bad. It's like, bez viz gledna, right? Bez viz gledna. And in the middle of that, there's a Z followed by a W, followed by another Z, followed by a G, followed by an L. Yes. Yeah, and like, there is like sounds that aren't included there. There's like a there's this. There's like, a, there's like an eye put, sound in there as well. Question is, why um, don't they put them in there? Is that for like a simplicity's sake or what is it? You're pulling. Call yourself a language Polish. It's not like you speak Polish. Um, then you have these uh, hard and soft consonants as well, which is apparently a thing all across uh, Slavic. I shouldn't say apparently if I want to appear like authentic, but um, it's, it's a thing across like all Slavic languages. Is like these. Um, you see this in like Polish consonants with effectively fathers on top. And it's the um, it's like this it's similar to like the Spanish like you know like Nino. Yeah. There's like a yeah, yeah. So um it's like a it's like a yo sound after a, a vowel. Yeah. Or no, after a consonant, sorry. Um so you get this so like N father or it can also be expressed by saying N I, which is where you get this um you get this problem where like there are so many Polish like diagraphs and letters that all have the same sound. Mm. Um and it's quite archaic and realistically you could there needs to be a, it's a kind of like the sounds have like sounds have been lost so that certain sounds are, are just certain letters have just the same sound so it's kind of mm. a bit pointless now um especially when you have like a 32 letter alphabet i feel like yeah. that's bound to happen so that happens in like the polish like when you want to negate something you say like yeah but that's just like an n i um or you could if you really want it to be cool you could like an n follow um and then, so yeah, it's like an archaic alphabet. You have, um, I think it's like Z with the dot on top is the same as one of the digraphs, RZ. Um, H is just the same hand, sound as CH. And then Olivia's telling me that the U sound is the same as the O father sound. Um, I shouldn't, father, there's a dot, there'll be a Polish word for father that I don't know. Um, you know you're getting off the research. Um, there's a lot, of, although there is a lot of like grammatical uh, similarities to English. Um, Actually, just the one. It was like the first thing I saw. It uses the same word order as we do, except um, there's no articles. You remember how in German it was like it did have English word order, but you could fl flip it around um, depending if you wanted to emphasize something. That's the same case in Polish. Uh, there's also three different genders, although there is certain. You sometimes have to. Acute is that the name? Acute accent uses. I'll find it here. On, on the talking, case, yeah. pull it up there, Jamie. Um, you keep talking. Like yeah. So there, and there's also it's actually surprisingly related or uh, similar to Finnish, where there's a, often differences between the animate and inanimate um, in the grammar sometimes. Um, then you have, oh, Polish is like, it's like similar to like I feel like English is like one that it's really lost out on like it just has no cases and. Um, Polish has like seven cases. Uh, Kreska. Kreska? K 
A or E S K or Q Doxa. Very nice. Um, that's much better than Father, honestly. I'm gonna start using that for Father's now. Kreska. Um, a Kreska. Yeah. Um, so basically, the words are highly inflected in both adjectives and nouns are highly inflected in in Polish. So, for example, the word mother, mother, I think is like you get like matka, then you get matki in plural, but also like genitive singular, then you get matka and mat matkom, I think as well. Um, so, Polish so those are all sounds, the yeah, Polish just sounds very confusing. Yeah. Um, but I think I feel like it's the same for like a lot of Slavic languages. I yes. feel like I'm not sure. I'm not gonna like I didn't go too much into the grammar of Russian, but I know that like Russian has just well, Russian just has a lot of words we just don't have in English. Yeah. I was saying, like, well, yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get that where like, and then you get like where you but get situations like, where you say like Schadenfreude in English because there's no way yeah. of saying it in English. Like. But like even like things that you think would like exist, for example, like there's no apparently from right where I saw it's like there's no Russian word for like grandfather fish, like a grandmother maybe. I think it's like implied by two different words. Mm -hmm. Same with to be to be thirsty. There's no word for thirsty. It's just you say I want to drink. Yeah, yeah. And then I think it's like the word like should have to uh, ought to. One, two, or all the word Dolgen. It's mm -hmm. all the same word, which is quite interesting. In German, we had that where it was like there was like five. I know that's obviously the same as like saying there's none, but like there was like five words that basically did all of that. Where it was like, yeah. like Dürfen, Wollen. Oh, uh, verbs. Yeah, more, like, and it was like they just did the job for like you or, or you could say like would like. So yeah. You didn't have to say. In English, you have like shall, you have like may I, you had like um, do I kind of have permission, that kind of stuff. Like, do I have um, permission? Anyways, so Polish highly inflected, which means like it's more inflected than German. German only has four cases. Mm. Polish has seven. Um, you change a word depending on if there's certain types of prepositions. If there's other types of prepositions beforehand, if you're referring to like in something like a, like mm. a place, um, whether it's it's like being like the the word is being like done or is is the doer, and then. Where's the next up? Oh yeah, the tenses are actually pretty interesting. They kind of reminded me of Finnish. Um, officially, like there's no, there's only two tenses in Polish: past and non-past. Um, although in in Finnish, what was it? It was just past and present, right? Yeah, there's no future. It's just implied. It's kind of like implied that you'll understand. Yeah. Um, in in Polish, there's like these two. So you have like past and non-past, and then there's two aspects: imperfect and perfect which basically just means ongoing and complete um and then you if you apply these to the two the two tenses i mentioned then you can kind of create like an implied future tense or like an implied yeah. present tense um it's also one of those languages that is like you drop you can drop the because the the vowels change or like sorry no the verbs change hmm. depending on like it even depends like if you say like um they masculine Mm. That's a different than saying they feminine. Yeah. Um, like not like not just the pronoun changes, but the actual verb changes as the verb ending changes as well. Um, Olivia, please tell us the the Polish word for uh, to be, please. And then you finally get so the, you can drop the pronoun all the time in, in in Polish basically. Then you get that's basically all of it in Polish. Polish confusing language, confusing alphabet. Um, very phonetic, like it's a lot of like. Well, like no, like in a weird sense. In a weird sense. Phonetic, you could, like from a Western. European There's not so many like silent letters, and and most most like letters, even if once you know how to pronounce them, they aren't. 
different a lot of the time, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 um, whereas in you know English, you have like, if anything ends, if it, the GH is pronounced like 20 different ways in English. Um, then you have, what do we have? I actually looked at Bulgarian as well, which I thought was a very interesting language. Um, you Because you have, it's one of those Southern Slavic ones. So this is like a group we haven't mentioned. Um, and because... It was like Romanian. Remember, you mentioned Romanian. It was like completely isolated from the other yeah, Romance languages. Um, Bulgaria is surrounded by. It's got like Turkish in the Constantinople or like Istanbul Tur- side. Uh, Turkish, Greek, Greek, um, Macedonian. Macedonian, which is just related to Bulgarian. And then you have, and then also Albanian as well, because like Bulgaria used to be bigger than it is now. So mm-hmm. kind of like its stretch was a lot further. So you have mm-hmm. a lot of different weird languages. Mm-hmm. And then you have like Romania to the north. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much. It's almost as isolated from the Slavic languages as Roman as Romania is from the Romance languages, which leads to a lot of like um, words being taken from the, the the languages that surround it, or even like just whole grammatical gram- or like grammar changes have been taken from those languages that surround it, especially Greek, um, which is one we've not even come to because it's just one of those isolates. Um, Greek is a real head wrecker. Um, is Greek Indo- Greek's not Indo-European it is Indo-European is I think but it's it just hasn't got doesn't know like let's say like the Greek language family is just Greek, Greek. That, that's um, the interesting thing it's like there are no that, that and Albanian that and Kosovo Co- no not Kosovo Basque um, just on their own and they haven't developed they're like no brother or sister languages they've just got they come from the same language as ours but we don't know how yeah. <laughs> um, but like Greek, Greek Romanian and uh, even like a bit of Turkish has an has a like has yeah. a, a, a impact on Bulgarian, um, unlike the rest, like unlike let's say Polish, um, which doesn't have a definite article or an indefinite article, um, so which is kind of like Irish except Irish has the definite, it just doesn't have the indefinite. Um, Bulgarian is is similar to Irish where like you do have a definite article but you don't have an indefinite article. So when you want to say the something, in it well like you just put a na, I think it's a na at the end of mm. each of a noun. Um, the language also has this. Remember, we were doing that reported speech stuff in German. What it was used during news, news, during news reports, news yeah. reports, where there's had a tense, like I think it was like "es sei" or something. Do you remember that? Yeah. It which which okay. translated yeah, as like, like yeah, yeah, it was like translated as like it's said or it it's yeah. it's been reported as in, it's like indirect speech. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I really couldn't wrap my head around, but Bulgarian takes it to like a new level, if I can remember here there's like a this different form there's like this evidential verb system or verb form where you can like imply if what you're talking about has been witnessed by you reported by someone else or like you've kind of you're kind of guessing um or inferring from something else um which is just a head wrecker um so i've gone from like praising these complications like complexities in the language like, that's just annoying like um yeah uh then we looked at Croat- Serbo-Croatian. Serbo-Croatian. Yeah. Um, complicated. Well, complicated in terms of like, is it, a la- is it, it one political, or two? Political, nationalistic, yeah. bloody... Because um, like, I, I, I only found out Serbo-Croatian was like a language, I like I, like one language in like fourth year or so. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my Albanian friend and saying that like, because I thought Serbian and Croatian would be two separate languages. Yeah. Because it looked at us, it was like Cyrillic and non-Cyrillic. Exactly. But... It's like saying like, Polish and Russian are the same because they yeah. or Polish like let's say but like the one language that doesn't use the same alphabet and does like, well it's as if, it's as if just people like on in like 
the, the European side of Russia used Cyrillic and the others used non-Cyrillic. Exactly, like yeah. That, no, that, that's, a, that's a better example. Um, so, and especially because, like, I feel like when we're brought up, like, Croatia is, like, people go on holidays to Croatia. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, part, part of the EU. Yeah. Serbia isn't. Um, Serbia, I feel like it's, like, a little mini Russia in a lot yeah, of people's it, minds, it, yeah, um, and, and even in Serbian people's minds because they they have such an affinity with yeah, Russia. Yeah, like the brotherhood between Serbia and Russia yeah. is very strong. Start of World War One, um, so Serbia, Serbia and Croatia. You'd imagine that a lot of people there wouldn't be happy, um, to like when they hear the people say their languages are the same, yeah. Um, but and this is as about as empiric as the evidence gets. Um, I was looking at these like YouTube comment sections. <laughs> Um, on these videos about like a bunch of different videos about like Serbo-Croatian are they the same are they different and all the comment sections will be like um, yeah a person from Serbia or Croatia here like um, these it's like like to, to say these languages are different is, is to like say as you were saying earlier that like different Latin American languages yeah. Latin or like Latin American Spanish it's is different, different languages yeah. um, and even I put up on the Instagram account there like the same. It was like sentence. two letters. I think there was like there's like an extra little like what, pronoun. Yeah, and even and even like the pronunciation yeah. was like very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I don't know, they're just very similar languages. And even then, they're very similar. So like that that's like the really like politically hot yeah um mixture of two languages. Mm-hmm. But like it's kind of, like some people say like it's kind of developed. They're kind of slowly starting to diverge yeah which uh, would happen with we, the border and stuff it, it makes sense so like them using cyrillic and non-cyrillic mm-hmm. because there's certain letters and sounds that in our cyrillic that you don't have in the latin alphabet mm-hmm. which would then of course if they have their they just have their acute accent on the um on the latin alphabet but still like i feel like it, it would be some language that would eventually kind of force itself to make itself a bit different you know yeah which is like it's it's I feel like it's probably one of those languages where we can even though right now it's Serbo-Croatian, it's mm. in, a, in in 50, 100 years, it might not be. Yeah. It might just be Serbian and Croatian. Um, also, like, the forgotten ones in there, like Bosnian, um, there's... There's another one in there, I feel. Slovenian. Slovenian as well, yeah, which is, a lot of people would say, is similar to Croatian. Croatian, yeah. Um, and then Bosnian is the other way around. It's, like, very similar to Ser- Serbian. Serbian. Um, um, I think that's kind of in terms of Slavic, South Slavic, right? yeah. Dalmatian, but that's extinct. Part there's like mm-hmm. one or two people that are trying to bring it back. There's like there's like two when it comes to like the South Slavics, um, there's like two distinct groups. There's like Bulgarian and Macedonian, and then the ones we've just spent yeah. two seconds, like two minutes talking about, um, because when we were looking at like um, especially how like one was basically like uh, so like there's during the Cold War it was like Bulgaria on one side and Yugoslavia on the other, and uh, like like a lot of the it's kind of like the Yugoslav language policy was quite Serbo-Croatian like centric yeah. especially if it came to like something like Albanian and Kosovoan yeah. because those are like completely yeah. on their own um, in terms of similarities yeah. they uh, were pretty much like forced out of the classroom yeah. forced out of like the home even like it was like they, they were pretty much cracked down on um, whereas Serbo-Croatian it was almost promoted as like a way to keep people together yeah Um which is what like, Tito always talked about. And it was like language was seen as like an instrument to keep people together. Um, that fell apart pretty quickly though. Yeah, which is why they also didn't like the fact that Macedonian was so similar to 
Bulgarian. Bulgarian. And so they promoted this idea of like Macedonian being its own language yeah. that may have been closer, or like they, they tried to make it seem closer to Serbian, Croatian, um, rather than Bulgarian, which is obviously like a different country. Um, another thing was that, um, what was it? Um, back when they were standardizing Bulgarian, um, same way they standardized almost every language that happened in Irish in the 1940s. Um, although I think this it might have been around the same time. Um, there was question marks over like, okay, which dialect do we take and make it the mainstream one? Obviously, when it came to Irish, they like took the three, divided it according to the population and was like, okay, yeah. we'll give Connemara 50%, Donegal 30%, and Kerry like 20%. Does that add up to it? It does add up to 100%. Yeah. Um, and then, big yeah, big quick, quick maths. Um, and then they had an opportunity to maybe make it closer to Macedonian and create like a... They refused, and now, even yeah. if it weren't wasn't then, it's definitely considered like a different language yeah. or like a different dialect now. Um, North, yeah, North Macedonia. Even that, that's a Macedonia, yeah. North Macedonia. Yeah, Macedonia. Who we? What what are we gonna call it? Know, like no, North Macedonian, but like then again, the Macedonian language. So it's different. Yeah. because um, there's obviously a bunch of Macedonian speakers in Greece. True. Um, I wonder, like. Macedonian actually cause it's not called North Korean it's just called Korean language yeah um, although you wonder they're probably quite a bit different they're at this very point. different now which is, if we do an episode on that, we should do an episode on Korea this is probably the perfect time like, oh, what are we going to do next week everybody? I think we just do Korea Korea, Korea we just do on the I wanna... they're also different to everyone thinks oh Chinese, Japanese, Korean same thing because well, they all have they're... weird lines and stuff yeah, but yeah. the thing is Korean uses the the, the letters as actual alphabet yeah, letters yeah. while China and Japan Japanese they just use symbols yeah um so, okay, so there's a couple ideas. Um, and please mention in chat if you have any ideas for next week. Um, I also wanted to do, was it Gorani that we were looking at in Paraguay? Um, we do kind of like a random thing next week again. It's kind of yeah, like just kind of language mix. carousel. Yeah, um, mix up a little bit. I think we talk about Basque as well. Or we could just do a bunch of language isolates. Yeah, so um, Korean is very different to most other things. You okay. do Gorani, do Basque. Well, like, okay, so that's a good idea because we've been doing all these language families and now we're going to do all these basically language orphans that don't have a family. Yeah. Um, Albanian. So, yeah, Albanian, although... Not like, what else is there? Um, in Europe, you have Albanian, Greek, Basque. Um, I think that's Basque, it. Basque, yeah. Greek, Basque. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Greek, Basque, Albanian. Um, Korean, Guarani. Well, Guarani is just an idea we, that we had about Paraguay. Um... Hmm, American English, because how, how jokes it is, am I right, guys? Um, oh, Armenian. Armenian, yes, that's a good that one. Was one was, that was one I was Oh, one thing I never got to, or I didn't get to mention, I'll mention it now, is how, um, uh, I was telling this to Olivia the other day, is how um, Slavic languages are Satem languages, which is mean when Proto-Indo-European diverged like 5,000 years ago between, when they, they had a for word for 100, um, Kimson, and then they were like, some guys were like, all right, we're gonna pronounce it with the hard C, keep the K sound, and then some guys were like, oh, we're gonna pronounce it with the soft, soft, soft C and yeah. S sound. Um, whereas people who eventually began to speak like Latin and Irish and they all want like Cage Kentum. Yeah. Um, and then like sl like Slavic is actually a soft C, soft yeah. soft C language. Which works. I think the stereotype is that it's a very harsh language. Yeah, yeah. Which is. Yeah. And if you tell me it was like a, it was like stove, I think it was was the Polish word for one hundred. Um, I think like even you can tell like Western Slavic languages are a lot softer than Eastern. Like mm -hmm. everyone like mm -hmm. Russian is a lot more of like 
harsher. Yeah. Those guttural compared to like. Yeah. Well, when I was playing Metro there with the uh, Russian Russian voice language on, it was like guys were praising me. I couldn't tell if they were eating their mic or were just like mm-hmm. speaking their language. I couldn't tell. Um, just because like. Um, but then, um, there's also this language out in like. It's like in between, like let's say, like Kazakh. One of those. You know those stands in between, like yeah. it was like Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan. Tajikistan. They have like a hard C as well. They also have um, I'm pretty sure they have like a a C there. Um, the same way, like although you could say okay, so I know all this French French speakers. Greg is in chat being like, but French uses a song. Um, that was a language. That was a vowel or like a sorry consonant change that took place later. Um, whereas this this vowel change that we're talking or like consonant change, sorry, took place. 5,000 years ago, um, where, so yeah, Slavic, although you might not expect it, is in some ways closer to Indo-Iranian languages than the European languages and kind of like Western European languages, and what was I going to say, yeah, so any other ideas for next week? I think we're just going to find a list of weird ones, there's also Ainu in Northern Japan. Ainu, yeah. Which is unre- unrelated to Japanese, right? Yeah, it's very different to Japanese. It's mad how you get like you find these all these isolates in one. Say Lemnian, which Lemnian? is like I've never heard of that. Lemnos in Greece, but apparently that was a separate language that no has nothing to do with Greece. Wow. Greek. Um, me with my big facts here. Yeah, um, you're on the line. I think we'll just find some. Um, so tomorrow, yeah, we're gonna do a bit of like a language orphanage. I feel like that's the best way. Yeah. Um. Languages with their families. That's yeah. So Basque, yeah, Basque isn't Indo-European. It isn't Indo-European. No, it's, well, it's just Proto-Basque. Yeah, it was like it was like pre. It's almost like pre-Indo-European. Okay, it was it was here when everyone else arrived. Um. So yeah, that probably wraps it up for I this think episode. That wraps it up for sure. Um, we don't want to barge in on the next person's slot because they are our friends. Um, they will be ta- actually stay on for we last big problems. They have actually like people, actual people to interview yes. about Palestine. Um, I think or about Gaza and. and Ooh, Both. Cod. Yeah. Um, although we'll leave the, the hot takes to them. Yes. Anyways, um, thank you all for listening. Um, we'll see you next week. Actually, I think we're going to play the outro music. Oh, yeah, play the outro music. Oh, no, I haven't got it up. I, I haven't deleted got it the page. Ah, but, um, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, I'll see you next, or we'll see you next week.